Hi, everybody. This is Chris Sarandon. Welcome to Fright Night Minute for real. Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And this is Minute 106 of Fright Night. It begins with the credits, stills from the motion pictures Frankenstein, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, and House of Dracula, courtesy of Universal Pictures, and ends with the credit for music supervision given to David Shackler, Kevin Benson, and Erwin Mazier for Cinemusic. This is our last full minute of Fright Night to cover. Our next episode will technically be for about 25 seconds of film time. Fright Night is 106 minutes and 25 seconds. Funny enough, we are here to talk about the remake from 2011, which is 105 minutes and 59 seconds. So we can say in running time alone, it doesn't quite live up to the original. <laughs> we've uh, we've done a lot of shitting on this remake throughout our minute-by-minute rewatch of the original because the original in our minds is far superior to it. But we're here to give it a fair shake, as fair as we can be, because like the sequel in the comics, as a Fright Night podcast, we should definitely give it some discussion. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, before we go into our reactions, yes or no, would you ever consider covering this movie minute by minute? The 2011 remake. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of minute by minute podcasts. You know, they they do the film and it's basically the film series. So, you know, our natural progression would probably be doing Fright Night 2 and then then the remake minute by minute. But no, no no way. (laughs) No, No, that's what we're going to do now in the next uh, half hour, hour, whatever. Yeah, however it turns out. One fell swoop. (laughs) Yeah, because I I really think that, uh, you know, a lot of our reactions to things that might be good about Fright Night, the remake, I think we've already talked a lot about in, you know, the other movie. Um, I don't understand how some people can talk about the same things movie after movie after movie. I guess, you know, if you're really good at it, you can. (laughs) We're like, oh, let me do some more research on vampires. (laughs) What did you think about this, the minute? by minute process would you ever consider doing another movie minute by minute or you're like oh i'm never doing that again (laughs) uh it would have to be the right thing what would be like a movie that you can think of that you would be like yeah i would definitely spend like 100 120 up different recordings i mean i i don't know the master list but i know a lot of things that i would love to do that with have already Mm -hmm. been done and done and done to death we all know about raiders of the lost ark we all know indiana jones minute yeah right we all know about back to the future right back to the future minute yeah so, Already done. You know, so if I could pick maybe like an obscure, you know, well, obscure-ish movie uh, to do that with, it's it's hard to say on the spot. I don't know. Witness comes to mind. Ooh, I do love Harrison Ford. I like that. Just talk about the Amish for <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hours and hours. Rumshpada, rumshpada, whatever yeah. it is where they go fucking ape shit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking around the office here for some inspiration because it's filled with horror movie and you know science fiction and nerd memorabilia. But I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. 
I know you've talked about maybe doing the Karate Kid. Is that so? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to be taking a uh, quite a break. I think after right. we're done with this. Yeah, I, we. I think before we even an, yeah, getting into a, it again, right. it's an undertaking. <laughs> if people enjoyed this, we've talked about maybe going back to our original idea, which is doing uh, not a minute at a time, but doing every <laughs> Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, we, we may do that. We might go back to that. Out of all the things I can think of right now, that would be the thing that would get me to podcasting. Yeah, yeah. If you want a sneak preview of that, um, just a little plug. Uh, it's called Constant Watchers. There's a feed up on the web. I believe you can still download from it. We haven't updated it in forever. Yeah, over and I'm almost probably. I'm almost afraid about how it sounds at this point, but I, I'm sure it's still good stuff. I mean, I do a lot of research, and and Len acts crabby and <laughs> says dark things. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I happen to be a huge Stephen King fan, which I've said before yeah. on this podcast too, and, and you are as well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That was fun. I think we got up to Creep Show, which would be the third movie. We were watching the films, and you were reading the books at the time. I've read every Stephen King book, but mm-hmm. maybe at this point, maybe three or four. Yeah, um, I haven't finished the newest one that just released yet. I'm almost there, but and a couple I don't know that I ever will. Like the Faithful, the Boston Red Sox book. I don't know that I'm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not something you're interested in. Why bother? Right, but I don't know, man. Doing this minute by minute, like I said, it would really have to be something that excited. Okay. Okay. I mean, we aren't really here to wrap it up, but I just was thinking about like, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, they're doing Friday. They're going to be doing Fright Night remake minute by minute, but I don't know. (laughs) This episode is going to be enough. All right. So uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about first reactions. What was your first reaction in 2010 when you first heard, probably by me, that Fright Night was being remade? Anger. (laughs) Irritation. Yeah. Fucking remaking everything. Write an original script. Stop ruining classics, you fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely pissed, too. (laughs) I feel that way with just about every remake that happens. Or, or, you know, it's guys our age that are now working in the industry that are trying to relive their childhoods by ruining ours. Cut the shit. Love the stuff for what it was. And... You know, my feeling about this movie, we'll get more into it, but when I went to see it, I, I, I went in with a bad attitude, and I left with no different. I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. Tonight, I tried to go in with an open heart. Yeah. And what did I say over and over again? Actually, you know what, man? This would be a pretty fucking cool vampire movie if it wasn't Fright Night. <laughs> yeah. If they changed the names and just made it a vampire story, even in the Fright Night universe, I think I would have liked it more. Yeah. You know, I, it's a retelling, a reimagining, so it doesn't follow the original movie beat for beat. Mm-hmm. But I think to its detriment, seeing someone else called Charlie Brewster, seeing someone else called Evil Ed, mm-hmm. it just made it seem phony. Yeah. Jerry Dan, it didn't, if they had different names, I would have believed it more. I know that sounds silly, but it's the truth. I really liked it with the exception of something. We'll talk. I got you. As for me, like, I mean, I won't get into my opinions about it just yet, but I do want to say like, you know, leading up to it when I first heard about it, you know, I was definitely pissed off too. And it really is because horror movie remakes are rarely ever good. Yeah, just horror movie remakes alone. Oh, I, I I found a few a few exceptions. I had to write them down. Sure. Um, ones I've liked are Dawn of the Dead, 
Okay, yeah, that was good. Um, the 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is done many times over, but I think sure. I think that's more like that one. I think is because I I probably um, maybe saw that before. saw that yeah, first. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, me too. And mm-hmm. it's but it's still a good movie. Uh, the Blob. Mm-hmm. That, yep. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually watched the Steve McQueen one recently, and I was like, oh boy, this isn't scary right. at all. Right. Uh, the thing. I think that's another one where it's like yeah. I didn't have any attachment to the thing from another world so right. but one i was worried about that i had some attachment to because i really liked it was uh you know let the right one in and mm. the remake let me in i thought they did a great job they did actually it wasn't bad at all right yeah i mean yeah. i i haven't watched either of those in a while so i'm not sure exactly what the differences were but i remember not being upset at that one yeah there i mean that's a remake for an american audience who's yeah. too lazy to do subtitles old boy the original mm. old boy is fucking creepy yeah and really good josh Rolling one's okay. Oh, I never saw it. Yeah, it's okay. So I that's almost a different genre of movie altogether, right? Like remaking something for the, yeah. 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 I never saw either grudge, so I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah, I oh yeah, that's true. The ring you ring. Right. Uh, yeah. That's all that's almost a different category, I yeah. think. But yeah, I think it is. Uh well, it, but that almost doesn't count either because it was made for TV. Yeah. So then getting a cinematic release. It's kind of like a, the, the source material is being remade. So it's almost like you're not remaking the miniseries. Right. They're just taking another shot at that book. Right. Which is totally fine by me. But if somebody yeah. was like, I'm going to take another shot at P- Peter Benchley's Jaws, I'd probably be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Spielberg nailed it. We don't need to do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need to. You know, just going into it, like uh, I started doing research as I usually do. I'm like, okay, well, what's this remake about? You know? So I, the things that did start to sell me on it were um, uh, the talent involved. First, you have the director, Craig Gillespie. Um, he directed Lars and the Real Girl. And I thought, okay, that I never actually saw that movie, but I've heard it get a lot of critical acclaim. So I was like, okay, so maybe people, people really like that movie. I saw 15 minutes of it oh, once okay. and was like, I don't understand what I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he actually went on to make uh, The Finest Hours, and uh, I didn't see that one, but I did see I. Tanya, which okay. was a Tanya Harding movie, and that's not bad, but still, I don't know. None of these are vampire films. Right, right. <laughs> but um, what sold me even more was uh, Marty Knoxon was writing it. Who, I mean, I you know you, you know me, I'm a huge Buffy yeah. Angel fan. Yeah, yeah, you turned me on to Buffy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She always has like funny scripts. I mean, every single time you see her in interviews, she's nice and, and and I don't just super cool. She knows her vampires, obviously. So that sold me, and I started. We started hearing about the cast mm-hmm. and. I was like, oh, Anton Yelchin, he was in a Stephen King movie, actually, Hearts in Atlantis, House of D, Alpha Dog. These are movies I saw before uh, this remake, and I, you know, I liked him. Uh, In 2009, he actually played Kyle Reese in Terminator Salvation. You remember that? Yes, I do. And then he goes on to play Chekhov in Star Trek. So he he did have a uh, history of uh, playing roles and doing a pretty good job. I mean, mean, he's no Michael Bean, that's for sure. But I thought he did a pretty darn good Chekhov. Uh, I really... I might be in the minority, but I really like Salvation, and I thought oh, that did? would have been a cool um, trilogy, right? But mm-hmm. it just didn't happen. It's a different story, yeah, yeah. It's a story. So I and I, I thought I was like, okay, let's look, let's look at this kid, you know? Like I, I thought he had kind of like a Charlie look about him. I was yeah. like, well, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. This um, is the right casting for the time. Yeah, great casting. Um, and you know, we definitely want to. Uh, we don't want to talk about it a lot, but we we should definitely.
family pay homage to the fact that he had a really untimely death in uh, yeah, very uh, 2016. Strange and tragic. And, yeah. And wow. So sad. Accidents, you don't even, you know, you don't mm-hmm. think those kind of accidents can happen. Um, and for those who don't know, he was basically run over by his own car. He was like pinned against a yeah. wall. Yeah. Um, checking the mail or something. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And, and watching him tonight, I, I was like, you know, he's charming. Like, I, yeah. He's, he really, I think he would have gone on to be, who knows, maybe the next Tom Hanks or something. There was, a, yeah. there was a big charm about him. And I could just see the type of roles he might end up with as he was older. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that he would have balded early. He's <laughs> <laughs> you notice his hair was thinning. Yeah. But I, I uh, uh, we call out our own. <laughs> I, that's right. I'm, I'm sensitive to it. I don't know. That is sad. And watching him tonight made me feel sad about that because yeah. I really liked him. He was great in this movie. He's been great in every movie that he mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I will say the, I don't want to jump ahead, but I, I've seen uh, McLovin, you know, it's <laughs> such a memorable role in that movie, which is a, so funny. Super bad. It's one of the funniest comedies in years to me. Yeah. And just, it's hard to see him in anything else. It's unfortunate, kind of like John Heater or Header, Napoleon Dynamite. It's really mm-hmm. hard to take him seriously in anything yeah. else. But but I was also trying to think, like in 2011, what other weird Stephen Jeffries type could, <laughs> could be evil? And what other quirky, nerdy kind of guy? Uh-huh. And I really can't think of anybody Not yet. at that time. <laughs> Not yet, right. Um, so, you know, maybe that's the right cast. Uh, yeah, and that'll be a little teaser for next week. Our our final episode, question mark, is uh, we're, we, we've, I've challenged Len and I'm challenging myself to come up with the cast of 20, 2019's Fright Night. <laughs> right. If we were to remake the film, yeah. who would be who would play these? But we guys? wouldn't do it. We're just saying, for the right. podcast, we would. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so the other casting I was excited about was David David freaking Tennant. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just got and done, you know, watching him in Doctor Who. Um, quite honestly, one of my favorite Doctors, and that's that's a very popular opinion, and I just go right along because he's so charismatic, he's so funny. Um, I always think of him from Harry Potter. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, you know, I remember thinking at the time, okay, like, they're going for a little younger Peter Vincent, you know, and that might might still work. I thought maybe, like, um, a mid, mid-40s mid Peter might still work, and really, at that time, when I'm hearing the casting, like, just having no freaking idea what they're going to do with the character. Right, right. <clears throat> Thinking he's still going to be that el- elderly, yeah. aged actor vampire hunter. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, you know, Colin Farrell, I, I was like, oh, man. G- Colin Farrell is Jerry Danger. Like, he's got the sexy, seductive thing down. Right. He's dark. He's got an edge to him. Um, and I've also seen him in movies where he could be funny, you know? Yeah, sure. I, I was like, Colin Farrell is perfect. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah. Cast, casting for Jerry Dandridge. They didn't lean on the sexy very much did they yeah. only a little yeah. only a little in this movie uh, yeah that beginning yeah. when he's uh he's uh gardening gardening exactly yeah <laughs> And, you know, a little bit of trivia here. In the early developments of the uh, uh, Fright Night remake, they were looking at Heath Ledger to play Jerry Dandridge. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Which would have been, I don't know, yeah. very interesting. Well, we saw what he did with the Joker, right? Everybody yeah, knows yeah. That. Who knows what he would have done with Another it. untimely death. Right. Um, Jesus, this is taking a dark turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the score, uh, uh, Ramin uh, Jawadi, I think I pronounced it right. Um, I was excited about him. He, gets, he just put in a great score for... 
Iron Man. I was I listened to that a lot at, around the time, you know, those um, 2008 through 2010. Um, and of course, we remember him from like Game of Thrones. I mean, just excellent work. And really listening to the score tonight during the uh, um, turn the watch, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it didn't stand out, or for me, I guess it was forgettable. But mm. that doesn't mean anything. I was more focused on sort of uh, the things I hated <laughs> and the things I loved. Uh, I found, I will say now, I found more things this time around because I have seen it since I saw the theater mm-hmm. uh, that I really liked about the, cool. which is surprising because we have been shitting on it this entire this show. entire show. People yeah. not looking. If people are fans of this movie and have listened to our minute by minute, they probably are probably didn't even turn this episode. On. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I also heard there was great reaction from Comic Con. The audience actually got to see it like a month early from the release, mm. and Steven Spielberg helped out a bit. There's that scene with the cross falling in the water is. Uh, uh, one of the things he worked on, I couldn't remember when we were watching it what the other thing was, but now I have my notes in front of me. Um, apparently, the other thing that he helped out with or just kind of gave advice on, they they weren't going to go with Jerry having a shark mouth. Mm. <laughs> and he he was one of the people who were like, you absolutely have to give Jerry Dandridge a shark mouth. Well, Steve, <laughs> if you could just call me. <laughs> because... <laughs> they took your advice. They did. And sh- ruined. <laughs> ruined it. Uh-huh. Shit. Garbage. Well, I will, you know, you know, we can just say it right now, um, since we're not really going to be talking about this in sequence or anything. I don't know if everybody, anybody remembers Live and Let Die, but the way that Bond kills um, the villain at the end of that movie is he sticks, like, a helium tank into him and blows him up, <laughs> and he just, like, turns to this giant balloon and then explodes. Uh, I, it really felt like when Colin Farrell, you know, as Jerry Dandridge was vamping out, he was in the early throes of that. Like his whole face just kind of puffs out like a balloon. It's the worst fucking CGI. <laughs> you, you mentioned it a couple times, like it, it was a video, like video game art. Oh, it's bad, man. Yeah, it's fucking bad. Yeah, I don't. I listen. Nobody that worked on this movie is going to ever hear this podcast. But if you're listening, you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> over that. They're it's, probably like counting the money, like fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go back to your day job. I just, but right, but I, I, I just, I love practical effects, and that's yeah. part of the reason I love the original. It, that makeup is still fun and and, and holds up mm-hmm. for the most part, and and this just is so commercially 2011 dated bad crappy crappy CGI. When the uh, final scene where we have to see the point of view of Jerry through the goggles and yeah. he's on fire and I was like I just kind of like saying hit A hit A. Yeah. It's like the boss fight. It yeah. really did look just so fake. Ugh. Like they didn't even actually there is a, a, a moment I, I forget the exact quote but I think it was Jerry Dandridge that says Are, aren't you even going to try? And then I said <laughs> you're talking about the CGI right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Other things I heard about it, uh, yeah, uh, the stories about it. Um, there's a quote here I have from Chris Sarandon, a uh, friend of the pod. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, quote, it's not the original and they didn't set out to make the original. And he says, but the cast and crew of the re- remake were, quote, all huge fans, including Colin Farrell. And he says, he walked in and he literally was almost shaking. He was so excited at the prospect of meeting his childhood idol. He gave me a beautiful bottle of wine and a DVD set of the Carl Dreyer vampire and uh, it was 
really graceful and wonderful introduction. And we, I think we talked a bit about that in the yeah. interview too. But uh, yeah, I, 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 that's the thing. I don't really, I didn't really have a problem with. I'll just keep saying it. I really think this would have been a, a great movie if it wasn't Fright Night. <laughs> it's a great vampire next door movie. It really yeah. is. And they could have, they could have made, you know, a nod to Fright Night. What it feels like to me, and I, I said this while we were watching, is that it was a pretty decent script that was floating around, like a vampire story that was. Mm. You know, paid homage like a vampire next door, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like they're going to lose the rights or whatever. They got the whoever, whatever. I don't even know DreamWorks, whoever mm-hmm. the fucking owned it at the time. And uh, well, we, we're going to lose our rights. We got to hurry up and make this thing. Yeah. And they just took this script that was floating around and, and changed the names <laughs> because it it's similar, but the things that feel similar to the original feel like they were shoehorned in to mm. me. I just think okay, it could have been a cool vampire, like a really good vampire movie, given practical effects, would have made it fucking great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't feel like Fright Night. Uh, so you mm-hmm. said you went to the theater to see it. You, did, I did. You, you did? Yeah. Because I don't remember it playing around here. Yeah. Did, uh, where did you go? Uh, so 2011, I could have been in California or New York. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know where the hell I was living, but I definitely went to see it. I had to wait for video. And it's funny, because it premiered on August 19th, 2011. The opening weekend, it came in at number six. It was beaten by The Help, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, another Roddy remake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spy Kids 4D, uh, the remake of Conan the Barbarian with Jeez. Jason Momoa, and the Smurfs. They all beat Fright Night, the remake. Wow, there's some real crap movies <laughs> on that list. I know, it's so funny that a lot of them are said, like remakes. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes score, that, you know, pretty good score, uh, 72%. It, it's fresh, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it came out in August. Funny enough, I didn't actually have to wait long for it to go to video because it did so terribly. It was released in des- on December 13th of the same year, <laughs> like just a few months later. Right. I mean, that's normal. Normal now, but you know, back in 2011, usually I had to wait a year or something. Yeah, yeah, or at least six months. Yeah. Uh, so that's all the kind of like the pre-hype stuff. Yeah. So I was kind of excited for it and to see it. And I, you know, like I said, I had to see it on DVD. Um, but okay, so the next section I have is called bits I liked. Sure. So, so you know, you can either like kind of because I'm the guy with the notes and you're the guy that just kind of has stuff in your head. Go to so, it. Yeah. so if you think of anything or react, whatever. Sure. Um, okay. So the first thing um, I wrote down was the. Uh, 3D uh, uh, blood credits. Oh, they the were awesome. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. I thought the closing credits were cool, too. We kind of shut them off, but I watched them all the way through. Uh, yeah, they turn, they, they take stills from the movie, and they sort of make them comic booky. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, I like that. Yeah, it was good. Um, I loved Tony Collette as, well, Judy. It was Jane in this movie, but yeah. I thought she really kind of uh, conveyed the spirit of Judy Brewster, and I yeah. like that she got to be a little bit more involved yeah. in, in the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I wrote the uh, wrote some quotes down too. Uh, there was one at the beginning. Amy says, "Still can't get that bike started," and Charlie says, "No faith. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you don't have faith in me," uh, which I thought was funny. You have to have faith. <laughs> Uh, Jerry's still a, a fruit bat. Uh, we see That's right. you know, a few different fruit things. Um, I like the uh, I like that both Charlie and um, Peter uh, both kind of call out the fact that Jerry is a terrible name for a vampire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, um, 
uh, okay, Ed is not into these disappearances because it's sick and hilarious. Ed is into hunting vampires. Like, he's not exactly our Ed. He's more like a frog brother in this movie. Exactly. And actually, that's what made me think, like, this would be just a cooler movie if it wasn't Fright Night, Mm because it's not Ed. But I liked it. I liked him. Look, man, I'm going to blackmail you, Charlie, and show the whole school (laughs) you used to be a nerd. Stretch Armstrong. Right, yeah, the Stretch Armstrong (laughs) around his testicles stuff. I gotta try that. (laughs) Put, Robin, put it back on the shelf. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, It's a collector's item. And it's got my nut hair on. But anyway, I I don't know. I like they go into that house of the missing family, the missing kid that they used Mm -hmm. to be friends with. You get a lot of, you get a lot of character development and their relationship just through their dialogue while they're sneaking around the house. Yeah. I I, I thought that was great. I just don't think it's Charlie, our Charlie and our Ed. Our Ed, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because they, we, I, you know, I brought up the novelization a lot, and the novelization seems to uh, lean into a lot of Ed being like kind of a jerk and super jealous of Charlie and Amy. Right. So it's almost like they went with that original idea, but also you know a- added some flavor to it by saying like by by making Charlie like wanting to impress these you know the lesser Franco and his other buddy, <laughs> the lesser uh, Franco. <laughs> and uh, so I thought that there was uh, kind of a a cool twist, like. He wasn't just jealous of Amy, but like Charlie was so into this girl that he wanted to try to fit in with the preps. And that right. seemed very natural. That seemed, I've seen that. I've been a part of that in high school, you know? Sure. Yeah. It, it, it gave it like a, almost like a freaks and geeks quality. Right? Yeah. Like that, that was, you know, a, a summer ago, they were best buds and going to comic cons and playing with action figures and yep. nerding out about horror movies. And yeah, something clicked in Charlie's head, which was Amy. I wrote, uh, Oh, the next one was, uh, the beautiful Lisa Loeb, uh, cameoing as Ed's mom for some reason. Yeah, like it's Lisa Loeb, uh, <laughs> and also I don't know if that's an in joke that Marty Knoxon put into the script, but uh, Lisa Loeb says that Ed is going to be sorry that he missed you. <laughs> like, that's the her yeah. big song. Sure, <clears throat> uh, I like the whole Jerry doesn't show up on video thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure this can't be the first vampire movie to do that. Oh no, no, yeah. probably not. But uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, and that you know they make it a fact that Jerry can walk into unoccupied buildings. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing. Right. I also like that um, Charlie gets a lockpick instruction from the internet, and he tries it several times, and it never works. Yeah, which I thought that was great. I was like, "Oh, of course, he got his thing from the internet," and it, and I was like, "This is bullshit, this movie." But the fact that it doesn't work is yeah. is really funny because yeah. uh, it's like, okay, I looked at the internet for two seconds, and now I have a special <laughs> skill. And like now, I can break into safes. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I prefer Charlie learning about Jerry in the original because he gets suspicious after seeing a coffin and then peeping on Jerry's window. Right. However, I also like the escalation of Charlie from non-believer to seeing the video to the interaction with the beer at the door. Yeah. To finally seeing Jerry feed on doors. So I thought that was I thought that was a neat twist on, yeah. on it. You know, unfortunately, you know, uh, you know what takes away from it a little bit is that you know in the '85 movie Charlie is the is the focal point. He's the person that all revolves around. He's got to convince everybody. Yeah. Whereas it's almost like, you know, in the beginning of this movie and into the first 20 minutes, Charlie's just kind of coming into somebody else's movie. Ed's movie. Right. Ed's been doing this investigation. Yeah. And Adam's, Adam is their friend that they got murdered, you know, and then Charlie's got to be the, be the hero afterwards. Right. So, uh, 
it's kind of I like I liked how it worked. Maybe again, like you said, if it wasn't called Fright Night, yeah, I wouldn't be thinking about that. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. De- decent, uh, decent two thirds of a movie. This this one, like, pretty good. I don't. I'd yeah. almost. I'd give it a. If the CGI was better, it wasn't Fright Night. And the last, it really is the CGI that ruins the end of the movie for me. And I'm sure you'll have it in your don't like part. There's some, there's some lore stuff that happens. I thought was eye rolly. I, I, I don't know, man. I think this could have been a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. think it's ruined by the title. Yeah. Um, although I wasn't a, a fan of Charlie watching Jerry feed on Doris in terror without like doing anything. Right. Like, I wasn't saying it while we were watching, but the first time I watched it, I was like, we do something Charlie like right. your neighbor's getting killed right in front of you he's got his back to you yeah. like jump on him try to stake him or something well it's, he's also maybe feeling a little trapped it yeah. discovers a like a hallway full of like torture rooms like mm-hmm. I can't say they're empty rooms it's like plywood empty rooms but it's in the back of Jerry's closet he hides in Jerry's closet he's spying he's, yeah. he goes into the house to snoop right. when he's suspecting him while he's looking for Doris he's looking, yeah. and he hides in the closet because Jerry comes home and there's a hidden door in the back of the closet, and it opens to a hallway that has a bunch of yeah, torture where he's keeping his victims. And I thought about how uncautious he was during that. Like, he, all the lights are off. He feels the door open behind him. The door actually opens to a room, a hallway with a bunch of light, and he just walks in there and leaves the door open. Yeah, so the light would yeah. be flooding through the closet door. Right. And and then he just kind of lets the door close behind him yeah, yeah. like a thunk. Like, what, what are you doing? There's a freaking killer that could hear you. Yeah. <laughs> you jagaloon. I'm talking about the bit. I liked. Yeah. The the thing I did like about it was how creepy it was when he's looking through the crack in the door and she uh, tries to you know she gestures for him to be quiet. Yeah. I thought that was such a creepy Tears in her eyes. Yeah. 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 But uh, not only creepy but emotional as well. Yeah. Like she's protecting him. Another one, like one of my favorite parts of this movie is when Charlie rescues Laura, uh, Doris and Jerry is totally fine with like totally aware of it. Charlie thinks he's making like a smooth getaway or at least just a panic getaway, but he's getting away and Doris explodes as soon as they get out of the sunlight yeah Yeah, that's great (laughs) so it's like oh go ahead take her all the evidence is gone as soon as you get out there yeah although I did notice that a foot was still laying on the lawn not not quite burnt up yet so he might want to grab that (laughs) (laughs) call the gardener (laughs) he Uh, is the gardener uh, yeah that's true that's true (laughs) we're not getting into the bits I like didn't like just yet (laughs) Uh, uh, let's see Charlie goes to Peter because he believes he might have more knowledge than the usual ways to kill a vampire. Um, and he's actually like, he, he learns about him and he, and he's like, okay, well, you know, I, one kind of sticking point of uh, the original movie is the fact that Charlie, like there's all the things he does to kill a vampire, common sense things he goes to add to kind of like have it repeated back to him. Right. Or it, as we concluded, it's really for the audience's sake. Like, remember steaks and holy water. Establish uh, the rules. Yeah. Charlie knows this stuff, but he's been sold the idea by evil Ed that this guy is really into the occult and he knows this stuff. He's not just a magician. And when he goes there, he's being walked through this like museum of like all sorts of stuff, which could just be stage props. But yeah. the girl Ginger is kind of like going, oh, he got this here. He knows all about this. Yeah, da, 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 da. Yeah. So like Charlie is more convinced about it. he's not just a complete wacko for right. <laughs> some guy on TV. Yeah. 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 Um, Anton uh, really selling the you got to believe me with a dash of uh, I don't even want to know this is happening. So, yeah, yeah, that that whole tearful moment where he's like, I don't even this is I don't even want to be doing this right now. But I can't. Two days ago, I would have been laughing, too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's being hunted by by Jerry Moore. Um, 
Oh, yeah, I put it in here for you. Judy says the house looks like dark shadows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the explanation about how Jerry gets away with all the killing because this is, a, this is a suburb outside of Vegas now, and people sleep all day and work all night. So Jerry just get up and play, and nobody is aware because half the town's gone work, gone yeah. to work. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, don't. You, my other second favorite part of the movie is you don't need an invitation if there's not a house. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty uh, ridiculous how quickly Jerry kicks it into, into high gear. <laughs> Just like I'm going to burn the entire friggin' neighborhood down and call attention to all the stuff I've been doing. Right. Um, again, this is stuff I like. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the first person in POV while riding in the car. I mean, there's CGI all around the car, but I think it, they kind of keep the tense, uh, tension up uh, yeah. by doing that. Uh, let's see. Oh, of course, Chris Sarandon. The great Chris Sarandon pops in for a cameo. Loved that. Apparently his character's name is JD. <laughs> uh, Judy stakes Jerry with a Century 21 sign. Um, That's the only bit of CGI that I liked in the film. Because uh-huh. uh, it's from a distance. In the, it's in the dark. Jerry gets stabbed in the back with that sign. And then he... It's very in the mouth of madness. kind of Like he's yeah. contorting and he's he's in pain. And he's moving in a way that, you know... Very unnatural. Unnatural. Very, yeah. Dr- horror, dream like nightmare-ish. That... I, I it's not perfect, but that was probably the best CGI. In the yeah, I didn't mind the whole. His did you did you like the part where uh, his arm is laying in front of the camera as they're driving away, and you can see it repairing itself? Right, right. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. You I know? mean, for two thousand eleven, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, oh, uh, Charlie in this movie actually interacts with Ed as a vampire. Yeah, like they actually have a a fight and they're they talk to each other. Yeah. The only thing that happens in the eighty five one is you know uh, evil Ed kind of like laughs at him as he's being driven away. Right. Like his interactions are always with Peter. Yeah. And there might have been, you know, a little extra something if, if they had one one interaction in the movie, you know. Yeah. Um Amy shoots Jerry with silver bullets, he pulls one out and says werewolves, and then she grabs holy water and tosses it in his face and she says vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how again proactive Judy and uh sorry, Jane and uh Amy were in this movie. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um uh Charlie stakes Ed and Ed says, Oh, he says it's okay. Okay, that we, I misheard it tonight. I thought he said, I love you, Charlie. But he says, it's okay, Charlie. It's okay, Charlie. Yeah, and I misheard it as yeah. well. I thought he, as he was dying, I thought he said, fuck you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Which would probably be your last words. Right. <laughs> My name's not Charlie. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. It's going to be my last words. <laughs> um, Jerry uh, seduces and bites into Amy in the club while Charlie's being pulled away by security. Yeah. It's a play on the exact same scene in the movie, but, you know, Jerry doesn't feed on Amy in front right. of her. And it makes it even more, like, scarier that he's getting away with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, Colin does not have the dance moves that uh, Chris Sarandon <laughs> has, so. Yeah, there's no dancing. <laughs> I skipped it. That's okay. Uh, there's no box. They tuck weapons into tactical vests yeah. and belts. Yeah. A little more practical. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they kind of look like, you know, like they're they're the X-Men when they stomp into Jerry's house. But yeah. uh, uh, exactly, it's just practicality. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to carry this giant wooden box around with me. I'm going to have something where I can quickly grab things 
Jones and throw them or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the last thing I have written down here for things I like is uh, the whole Charlie setting himself on fire to attack Jerry. I like yeah. the idea of that. That's clever. Yeah. The execution. The execution was <laughs> shit. But yeah. It's a fun idea. All right. So here's a list of stuff I didn't like. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't really like Charlie being the kid that had to be cool with the cool kids. He was trying to, uh, the whole peer pressure thing. Yeah, it did feel natural, but it just, I just, I don't know. I felt like there was, you know, they put the lesser Franco in there and his buddy as like, you know, extra people for Jerry to kill. Yeah. Know? We wanted more kills. Right. Um, uh, Ed's jealousy. We talked a little bit about that. I didn't, I don't like the fact that, you know, we had to deal with that and I, I didn't like it in a novelization, but again, it, it like I it said, it, it, it's, mixed, you know, because it's not something I really liked um, in the original novelization, but it is very... Honestly, man, I th- honestly, that's another one of those things that I think it's great for this movie. Just yeah. don't fucking call it Fright Night. <laughs> Maybe that's it. You know, separate... It, it's impossible to separate this the original from this with mm-hmm. this... This title doesn't belong on this film. It shouldn't say Fright Night. It should just be some other fucking vampire movie. <laughs> that's exactly what it should be called. Some other, some other fucking vampire movie. Yeah. Actually, let me give you another title, and this is exactly what I thought of as, as the movie wrapped up with uh, my last dislike on this list. I have more, but uh, the movie, let me just cut to the chase here, is that the movie ends with 99 problems and a bitch ain't one yeah. to end this vampire movie. And it's just kind of like, what? What? Why? Yeah, why? why? But, uh, you know, I thought about that as like, you know, the tactical vests, you know, we got, we're arming up and stuff like that. We want to be in it, in it. The movie is just pow, pow, pow. It's, it wants to be, as, it, you know, hit you hard and really be fun and rollicking. Um, so I think a a better title for this movie would be called Vampire Land because this is a few years later after Zombie Land, and I'm yeah. thinking to myself, they totally wanted to do Zombie Land. Yeah, this yeah. they wanted to make Fright Night as like fun and and you know balls to the wall as Zombie Land is. Yeah, they, they and they didn't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of movies that it, it pulled from that, mm-hmm. I, and I wouldn't. It's not paying anything homage. It's just straight up pulling from you know from. But yeah. We could just not call it Fright Night. I think I'd like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even those comic credits at the end, I was like, oh my god! They, I, I like thought of it. I was like, oh my god! They, they totally were inspired by Zombie Land. Yeah. Like they wanted something like that, which is just like uh, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, I pointed this out. Jerry is outside uh, at dusk gardening when, yeah. when we first see him. Dangerous, and it's just like he's a vamp. He's so sensitive to the sunlight that if he kind of like puts his finger in the sunlight at all, he starts burning. Now catches on fire, and yeah. it's, I, I don't know. It's, it, there's still sun out there. <laughs> well, also, it's a crappy nighttime filter. Um, mm, yes. Probably a, d- a lighter time of day. Yeah. So it doesn't read believable. And it yeah. just reads weird. There is kind of like this weird grainy filter to most of the movie, too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And Jerry is gardening because there's no Billy. Yeah. And I got to put down it down as a dislike because we love Billy. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mr. And, Stark. Yeah. Missed you in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe he told a... Didn't he say in the interview that he... And uh, Bill Ragsdale went, yeah. went to the movie, and he soon realized that there's no Billy yeah. in the movie at all. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, okay. So I, we also like we're talking about um, how Jerry, like Colin Farrell playing Jerry. There are moments where you can tell the super fan in him is like, I got to play this like Chris Sarandon. With right. Me. He channels him. There's a speech he gives at the end that yeah, the way he's saying Charlie. It sa- it mm-hmm. sounds like Sarandon. It feels like him for a couple moments, mm-hmm. but that's all you get. And the yeah. rest is just I don't know what the fuck is going. On. I wrote down fifties meathead cool. Yeah, <laughs> like not yeah. suave and debonair. He's boots leather 
pants. He's tight-fitting T-shirt. Yeah. He's talking about being a man constantly. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, oh, man, Ugh, why? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, they changed Ed's last name to Lee rather than Thompson. I was like, huh, why? Of course, they changed Judy's name to Jane. I don't know, understand why. Len, big proponent of changing all the names and of everything. <laughs> of everything, yeah. Um, I wasn't sold by Ed's seduction, by the way. It, like, I, I, I could see it kind of worked on you. You're like, oh, this is interesting, you know. But, you know, like, he somehow, like, falls into this pool, and he's like, uh, I'm not going to, uh, what do I do? I'm cornered. <laughs> like, just jump, get out of there. Yeah, no, I, I think I was more, because yeah. I didn't remember it from the first time I'd seen it. So mm-hmm. I was more caught off guard, like, holy fuck, he's killing Ed at the beginning, or he's turning, yeah, what the yeah. hell's happening? Um, so I wasn't really... I mean, in retrospect, right now, it's like that's what convinced him to, to yeah, give in. Like there was nothing. such little. Yeah, he, did, he barely. Your said best friend anything. thinks you're a dink. Yeah, okay, it, I'll be a vampire. Exactly, exactly. It, it, that scene works so much better in the in that the original uh, yeah. cornered in the alley where there's nowhere to go, and and just I don't know. Jerry just Chris Rannon is Jerry. Just I don't know that it was. It's such a great seduction. Yeah, and um, it really appeals to him. And Stephen Jeffries also like really hit it out of the park and. And selling how you know sad Ed yeah. is, sad and scared, sad and scared. Yeah, and he needs somebody like you Jerry. Know, but you, but rewind a little. Fifties meathead greaser. He's not. He's not seductive no. in this movie. Even when he's channeling Sarandon, and those moments are awesome. It's just more like the intonation in his voice and the yeah. way he's carrying himself for a second. But in a tank top and you know yeah. leather boots, it's just. What he's saying, you're just like, ah, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah. It did. It, it, yeah. There's no seduction. Um, Charlie breaks into Jerry's house. Uh, he he can't get in there with the lockpick, but he gets in there. I don't know if you noticed, but Jerry has a hide a key. He like runs. Charlie noticed that he hid a key in his rock. And, oh, I didn't. Uh-huh. And I was like, the vampire Jerry Dandridge has a hide key for his house. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> also, the house itself, like, I just missed the classic gothic look of the Dandridge. Oh yeah, home. this is just a California. Oh well, it's Las Vegas. Las Vegas, but, yeah. But it's a cul-de-sac. All the houses are the same. He's just in a. Also, like, he just moved in, and all, and he's got like six kill rooms and a, <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a whole basement full of vampire. Like yeah. what? Uh, also, uh, Jerry drinks Budweisers and watches Real Housewives of New Jersey. Uh, that really pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird. Choice. Again, maybe Meathead would do that. I don't know. Um, Doris has no idea she's a vampire and walks out into the sun. Yeah, I didn't like the fact. I, I like. I liked the idea of. I liked how cool it was and what a surprise it was. But and the same thing happens with Peter at the end. Like, why am I burning? It's like you're a vampire now. It's like I don't know. I I almost feel like you would know if you're a vampire, right. or you'd feel I don't know. Feel different. Well, I guess that's less of a. I, you got me thinking about Colin Farrell's version. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love him as an actor, but yeah, gosh. He, but he does say at the end of the, end of the movie, "Oh, Charlie, you're going to stop 400 years of survival, you know, tonight right. or whatever." So, 400 years ago, he, there's no Sarandon played that role with us with an amount of sophistication in history and everything he said and did. You could feel how old he might have been. Yeah, there's none of that with Colin Farrell. He feels like he got bit yesterday. How how has he survived that long? Like right. like another one of my complaints is like he really accelerates things as if he doesn't care he's gonna have to live town yeah he has he, no problems calling it he like set off a freaking explosion right just to get the, the right. to charlie um i'm doing that uh 
so so uh, I, I yeah, that's definitely something I really didn't like. Was like you know you put all this time into setting this house up, and you're just gonna just let it you know go so quickly. Yeah. Um. All right. So. <laughs> Peter Vincent. <laughs> Love David Tennant. Would have probably loved this character again if his name wasn't Peter Vincent. Yeah, I, I really, when I when I found myself starting to like the movie, but I, I just, I just, I'll say it a hundred times, if it wasn't called Fright Night. Because <laughs> when I originally saw this movie, that's that's where I, it was already <laughs> headed in the direction like, uh, what are they doing? And then when I saw David Tennant and that, you know, that Chris Angel vibe, mm-hmm. and I've talked about it in previous episodes because I hadn't seen it in years. That was the moment where I was like, "Fuck this movie! <laughs> fuck this! Fuck the screenwriters! Fuck everything! Fuck David Tennant! Yeah. Fuck this!" It, it, <laughs> oh, I hated it so much tonight. <laughs> Knowing that I hated it so much, yeah, I was able to like it a little more. Exactly, I, and I think that's why, like, uh, I wanted to do this rewatch, you know, with you to really just get a fresh look on it because yeah. there is that bitterness. It's like I remember I hated that so much. Yeah. Um. So Peter Vincent again, it, the whole magician thing. Okay, uh, he's named Peter Vincent. Like that. It, the, like the the character's name is based on Peter Cushing. Yeah. And Vincent Price. Um, so if he's going to be, if his character is going to change, they should have just changed his name. It should have been like Angel Copperfield. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or something yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Uh, or make him some dude on Ghost Hunters or something, right. you know? Right. Like, uh, Zach Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, instead we have Peter Vincent, the pompous, oversexed, drunken douchebag, uh, Las Vegas magician, rich and, uh, uh, miserable and arrogant, arrogant and, yeah. yeah, he's a rock star. It's tro- it's tropey and typical. Mm-hmm. The thing that I this time around, knowing that I hated it already, I tried <laughs> to like it. And yeah. the only thing that that I ended up really hating is <laughs> his the unnecessary shots of him sauntering away in leather pants, like with his shirt. I don't want to look at his ass. <laughs> yeah. And he's walking very like Mick Jagger. And uh, again, just, the, the I, you know I said it also on on, on an earlier minute, but uh, I cannot search for images of Fright Night without seeing like a hundred shirt pictures of yeah david Tennant, which yeah. you know are obviously posted by you know there's a lot of you know people that are huge fans of david Tennant and right you know think he's super sexy or whatever sure and probably thought this movie was like great because of that you know right. um he has this weird dimple in his <laughs> did you notice that in his I, lower lower belly i don't know if he had an no, appendix out or something no i didn't <laughs> i wasn't staring at his lower belly right <laughs> well yeah uh, i was following the trail <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's i yeah. Peter Vincent says, I fucked her. Yeah. He says, leather doesn't let him breathe. Fucking rashes are killing me. And you see him pulling at his jock over and over again. Yeah, it's just not Peter Vincent. That's, uh, that's the problem. That's, uh, again, shouldn't be called fucking Fright Night. Call him Zach Baggins, Angel Copperfield. I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that. It's just like, oh man, don't, uh. Um, Baggins Copperfield. <laughs> uh, Douche we- Baggins Copperfield. <laughs> Of course, we've talked about uh, Jerry's. Uh, oh wait, let's just stay on. Let's stay on Peter for a second. So we then find out <laughs> uh, 
that uh, he, there's a reason why Peter Vincent is scared of vampires, not because vampires are fucking scary, but uh, and he just discovered that vampires are real, and oh my god, but his his whole family was killed by vampires. Yeah. And they weren't just any vampires, they were it was Jerry Dandridge. Which is so that that's so a punchline passed with Jerry Dandridge. But that's a punchline that happens at the end and it's just unnecessary. It's like, it's why? So dumb. So dumb. Even if it wasn't fright let's say it wasn't Fright Night, that's why this movie would fail for me. Is yeah. Unnecessary. It just so happens yeah. that the guy that Charlie calls yeah. has a history with Jerry that's as well. That's a shoehorn bullshit. But, if you're gonna do something like that, save that for the for a sequel. Or if you're doing a trilogy, that's part. Mm-hmm. You know that happens in part two, a big reveal. I am your father. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't do that. You don't wedge it in the last five minutes of the movie. It's so stupid. Or just I don't know. Somehow write it in the story. I'm not a writer or whatever, but make it more believable. Make the connection more believable. Make it so you know uh, that random family we see get killed at the very beginning yeah. of the movie for no fucking reason other than the setup. It's a movie about vampires. It's well, nothing you know, to do with anything. Well, it's it could, Ed's friend. That's all. Well, it could have been a flashback back to Tennant's childhood. Yeah. Could, could have been. been something like that, right? The, the, but to just, oh, and by the way, yeah, come on. Uh, I don't know. Didn't make me, it made me roll my eyes and want him to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, Peter shows in the final minutes the magical St. Michael's stake that will turn all of Jerry's victims back. Yeah, that's the... They didn't need that in the original. He just... You stake Jerry, uh, Amy's fine. 24 hours, you just got. Dead yeah. by Dawn. Yeah, they, they were just like, I don't know, it was movie rules. <laughs> and and they went with it, and it worked, thankfully. Yeah, for, what, what do they call that in books? The... the, the the McLovin, you know, the MacGuffin, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it is. It's like, <laughs> oh, by the way, we also have this magic weapon that yeah, we yeah, yeah. do everything we need it, that we've never talked about uh, in the last ten minutes of the movie. Just shut the fuck up with that kind of crap. Yeah, and, and I think what makes a MacGuffin is because, it, <clears throat> it, you know, like, it doesn't actually mean anything. It could have just been a regular stake, and that could have just been the rule. But instead, it was like Saint Michael's cross. Like what? So right. now angels are. It was an angel that was a vampire slayer or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or St. Michael's Steak, rather. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. We were we were kind of joking about the location stuff, but, like, how does Ed and Jerry know about the hotel? Like, how did they know to go to the hotel? Because that's what the screenwriter needed them to do. Ed happened to mention while he was a human that the next stop he's going to make is Peter Vincent, but why would they travel? They make the, take a chance and travel to Vegas to find Charlie. Unless they were Thinking following him. Maybe, but maybe they were following him, yeah. But it doesn't, get, it doesn't give us any... And then in the reverse, Peter Vincent, yes. that's on your list, says, "No, Charlie, I, I'm 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 a coward. Basically, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that." Or it's really the reverse. Charlie says, "Well, I'd rather live one day than grow up to be a coward like you." Right. I'm going to go save Amy. I'm going to fight Which is a play on a regular on the on the original scene. Yeah. Right. So he leaves. And then he goes into Jerry's house, and all of a sudden, Peter Vincent shows up. <laughs> One, was there ever a discussion about where, where Jerry lived? Yeah, yeah, where yeah nope. That's, come on. And then, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that last 15 minutes of this movie, regardless of if, if it's Fright Night or not, is real bad. Yeah. It's like, we got to wrap all this stuff up. Oh, they're up. crawling out of walls now. Oh, oh it's bad. Uh, bad. Let's see. Uh, Peter doesn't seem to be at all broken up about Ginger. He takes one look at her, and the 
camera is like, oh, and then that's it. Uh, his loyal, his loyal helper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh gosh. They mentioned faith a couple of times in this movie, but they didn't want to touch that with anything. They yeah, were like, yeah. no, we're not interested in that at all. And that's such like fright night. You gotta yeah. have faith. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, oh yeah. Again, the crazy CGI, the Jerry, when he does one last growl for those 3d audiences at the camera, woo. <laughs> hit A, hit A. He's not dying. <laughs> uh, okay, so I mean, we've talked about a lot of the differences, but I did make a list of uh, differences from the original that I thought were noteworthy because we've talked in such detail about the original. I couldn't help but like go, "Oh my god, look, they, look at this minute thing they got different." But I'll, I'll just, I'll try to, I'll, I'll sure. Try I won't to interrupt. I'll let you go. Um, uh, so instead of starting with a cloudy night and a wolf howl, we get. Thunderstorms and a thunderous score because you know it's we're ready for the big movie. Uh, Charlie uh, still a gearhead, but he's into little like dirt bikes instead of cars. Uh, Charlie stares at his neighbor's girl, the, the neighbor girl's butt instead of the prostitute. I, you know, but of course Doris is kind of like ends up being the prostitute. Uh, Judy is a realtor now. Um, I don't even remember what Judy's real job was in the '85 movie, but she's a realtor because you know those signs look like stakes, right? She, Judy's. <laughs> I don't know that we ever know, but since she's doing night shifts, I, th- I thought maybe she was a nurse. Yeah, I guess I had that guess. thought, yeah. Uh, Charlie doesn't simply see a coffin and learn about his neighbor. He gets hip to it because Jerry's not appearing in video and then seeing that Jerry can't come into his home without an invitation, which I thought was I thought was okay until Jerry started getting into, like, you got to be a man and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you got to protect your girls. And, and then he was like, uh, you know, then he starts talking about their scent, like, super gross. <laughs> yeah. Kirby. Uh, rather than Jerry catching Charlie peeping while he undressed his victim. He catches Charlie and Amy watching him invite Doris the stripper and only like looks up there. Uh, Charlie sends the police to the house rather than going over there with the detective. He breaks in later to find Doris. Uh, The house is just a regular house being remodeled. Um, Jerry has different uniforms. I thought that was interesting. Like, oh, he can just dress up as different people, uh, different, you know, jobs to get into places, which we see at the end with Ed as the delivery person. Uh, Yeah, Jerry keeps his victims in closets for future feeding. Uh, Charlie is not a fan at all about of Peter Vincent. He just kind of hears about him through Ed. Um, Judy does not invite Jerry in in this. Uh, Judy also gets sidelined by a hospital visit rather than a late night shift. Uh, Peter is convinced to help by seeing Ed's drawing. Like he draws some sort of like symbol and that's what Peter is like, oh, this reminds me of when I, my family was killed by vampires. Could it possibly be the same? Uh, <laughs> uh, Peter takes an arm rather than branding Ed. Uh, Jerry loses track of Amy in the club because of a tequila t-shirt giveaway. <laughs> uh, Amy falls under Jerry's spell through a bloody kiss rather than a, you know, a sexy dance and entrancement. Uh, let's see. Peter, Peter's parents were killed by Jerry. Uh, the basement is more of a cavernous lower level with no stairway and it holds Jerry's children buried in the walls. And then Jerry's kids. Sounds like. Yeah. Jerry's kids. <laughs> Jerry's kids turn uh, uh, Peter into a vampire. Um, and Charlie uh, kills him by uh, attacking him in a flame retardant suit to get close enough to stake. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I don't know. We have anything more to say about Fright Night except that it should just have a different name. Uh, yeah, that's that's my <laughs> consensus. If you haven't seen this movie, um, I don't know that you have to. But, yeah, but. I don't know. It would be worth watching to see Anton. He's great yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If you if you love Fright Night, as we do, but hadn't seen the remake on principle, if you can do it and divorce yourself from the fact that it mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the original, really, it's, it's you know. I definitely don't hate it as much as I did me, when yeah, I first saw it. Me too. I, th- I thought it was better this time around, having many years, uh, uh, you know, eight years away from it. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I, it, does, it does, you know... The, the, the ghost of Anton kind of hangs over it. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, here's another like role we can appreciate him in. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, you know, I, I love seeing Colin Farrell in anything, in mo- most things at least. And, uh, uh yeah, I kind of go back and forth on what he does, but, um, uh, the, the last thing I want to say before we close, as you mentioned at the very beginning of this ramble session yeah. about this movie, the credit David Shackler. Yeah. Oh yeah. David Shackler and I are buds. Okay. Um, now this is the guy who did, he want to tell people uh, they might forget an hour ago. Uh, music credited for music for the original Fright Night. Right, not not composing the score, but like he probably pulled the yeah facilitated. Dave David was a rec- uh, record exec for a long, long time. Right, responsible right, right. if you look up his Wikipedia, cool guy. Responsible for Two Life Crew uh-huh. and Stevie Nicks. Oh, nice. Uh, he, he, cool, cool dude. We're buddies, uh, and we perhaps maybe we'll get him. Uh, I know we do have one last big guest before we right. shut it all down. We might get David too as a sideline, but I okay. just wanted. To give if we don't you mentioned his name I just wanted to give him a shout out and say <laughs> he's uh, he's a mean old bastard uh, and that's why we hit it off do you remember have you ever asked him about the remake <laughs> uh, yeah I did actually and uh, he gave me the political oh you know it's a different just like just yeah. like everybody else that was involved in the original Gibbs oh it was a different telling or whatever uh, and he said his big takeaway was shame about Anton yeah. really you know that yeah. was his big takeaway yeah, uh, I think we've said all we have to say. I have one final word um, that we. I want to give one final word to um, our original Fright Night cast members. Uh, I have collected some quotes, you know, from the usual source, Fright Night Wiki, <laughs> uh, that they said about the Fright Night remake uh, in 2012 at a convention called Monster Palooza. Um, Amanda Beer says, as a standalone horror movie, it was very well done. It didn't lessen the appeal of the original. It was just more of a one-note film. Uh, Stephen Jeffrey says he only watched the first 20 minutes and then turned it off. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Stark and William Ragsdale went to a screening and discovered they were the only two people in attendance. <laughs> uh, Ragsdale said he liked an early draft of the screenplay but didn't like the final result and was perplexed that, quote, there was kind of a nastiness to the evil Ed character. Mm. Uh, Tom Holland says uh, kudos to them on every level for their professionalism, but they forgot the humor and the, the humor in the heart. They should have called it something other than Fright Night because it had no more than a passing resemblance to the original. What they did to Jerry Dandridge and Peter Vincent was criminal. Outside of that, it was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom. Amen, Tom. We agree. 
So uh, next week uh, will be our final uh, minute, well, final seconds of the credits. So it'll be our final official minute, but it will be another bonus podcast. It'll be probably a little bit more looser than any of the ones we've ever done because it'll be kind of our wrap up. Um, Again, uh, we might put another interview on this feed. I'm not sure if it's going to be before this episode or after, but we do want to talk to Tom Holland. Um, But uh, we are probably going to, we're going to check out and probably and drink a couple of beers and watch uh, the like direct to video sequel to the remake, which has nothing to do, which has no uh, um, actors from the remake itself. I don't know that it even has actors in it. Uh, (laughs) We'll find out. I believe it might be a remake of Fright Night 2, uh, which we've already talked about. But um, but this is the this is a Fright Night 2 uh, that is um, like direct to video it made after the Fright Night remake. And I do believe that um, Evil Ed is a character in it, which means that he's alive again for some reason. Uh, And you want to tell everybody, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it or have talked about it, where you got the movie, where you found it. Oh, yeah. I I found that one um, at our local grocery store in the $5 bin. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even know it existed. You just happened to be walking. Yeah, I was like, what's this? And I almost thought I was like, oh, you can't find the original Fright Night 2 anywhere on video. This is so cool. How is it in this grocery store? And then I looked at the back. I was like, wait a second. This isn't that. This is, what's this? (laughs) And I took a look at the cover and it looks like a like a skinamax move like a softcore <laughs> porn yeah. like a real bad photoshop cover yeah, yeah so this is going to be great yeah so it should be fun yeah <laughs> or just excruciatingly bad so um, uh, but other than that we'll be wrapping up and uh, we again we you know appreciate you guys all listening out there yeah. thanks everybody uh, and uh, as for this one as for the remake let's put a steak in it like the St. Michael's steak you know like a magic steak but uh, please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com and please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm the original Leonard. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a original Fright Night, everyone. Seriously. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> You're so cool, Bruce.